Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. That comeback was bananas. B. A-N-A-N-A-S. That comeback was bananas. P-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> that, yes, it yes. was. And this is, let me see, this podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Newser. Hello. And we're going to do a podcast first, and we're going to talk about the women's basketball team right off the bat. Yeah. Like, we're just going to dive right in because we got, there's we have so much stuff on. to talk about. Um, but when one one of our programs upsets the top 10 team gets a gets the top 25 ranking yeah has an epic comeback win uh we'll we'll start off with them because they're pretty much the best team we got going right now yeah. um and, and that's that's cammy etheridge's uh, basketball team um who was picked as we've said last time 12th in the conference but they are certainly looking well beyond that um, uh yeah what a game on on was that sunday yeah yeah uh, down 16 with a little over 12 minutes left uh, to one of the you know top 10 team in the country with one of the best players in the country. Yeah. And uh, they came back and they did it. Yeah. Won in overtime. Game was fantastic, man. They uh, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it live. And and one of the real, you know, sometimes. OK, so sometimes at the website, people are like, why don't you write about this more? Why don't you write about that more? And it's usually, you know, a women's sport that we don't cover enough but sometimes it's like baseball right people are like why don't you write about baseball more why don't you you know whatever and it's like you know what i'm just a man who has a family and there's yeah there's only so much time in my life for writing about sports and following teams and everything i mean look back when we started this website you know whatever it was now like 13 years ago uh we actually did a lot with baseball because baseball was really good back then you and i in particular mm-hmm. did a ton yeah um and, you know, but, you know, we're older now. We have kids and it's like, well, I had a kid at the time, but now I have three. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, like we're we're recording this real late. It's almost 10 o'clock on uh, on Tuesday night because that's when we have time my children. What's that? Because <laughs> that's when we have time to do it. I know. It's when we have time to do it. We do it late and it's even later tonight than normal because I had to take my children to well, like Target because they wanted to spend their Christmas gift cards and it took forever. He's like, I don't know what Lego said I want. So. Anyway, the point is like that it's I wish we could cover everything the way that we, we'd want to cover it. If anybody's listening, by the way, and you're like, I would love to cover women's basketball. Let me know. But especially if you're a woman. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're all we are always looking to add uh, to our staff in diverse ways. But um, but yeah, it's like, you know, so I didn't get a chance to watch the game live. I had other things that I had to do because I spent all day Saturday watching men's basketball and the Seahawks and, you know, whatever else. And so, um, you know, I was kind of following from afar on Slack and you guys were kind of going nuts, you know, like, Oh my God, they did it. And I was like, Oh wow. You know, like, cause when I looked, they were, they were down by quite a bit. And, um, so then later that night, Sunday night, it, they showed the replay on PAC 12 networks, which is its own little, uh, its own little thing that I'll, I'll, I'll spare you my complaints about that. But, um, but it was, it was really, really cool to watch, man. They just, you know, they play hard, they defend, um, and they've got a couple playmakers, you know, it's, it's Charlize uh, Ledger Walker gets all the attention and she is awesome. You wrote a great story about her. Um, what makes her so good, but her sister's great too. Like, yeah. like that was, you know, her sister's, um, 
you know, it, I, I don't know if she's a grad transfer or just a yeah, straight transfer. she's tran- a grad transfer. Grad transfer, okay. Came from northern Arizona? Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. Damn it, I knew it was one of those two. Um, okay, so northern Colorado, you know, basically playing at, you know, mid-major level. Um, transfers up, comes with her sister, and they're both great. They're both great. And um, yeah, I think, I know, think she must have dominated the big sky, man. She's, she she's must have. Big and strong guard. Yeah, and when we say she must have, it's because, like, data is harder to come by. You know, statistics are harder to come by uh, for the women's game. So, anyway, yeah, super fun to watch them. You know, they'll remind you a lot of the men's team, to be honest. They don't quite have the same interior presence. Um, They're much more guard dominant. But at the same time, you know, just the same kind of grit. Uh, the same kind of fight and the teams are kind of built in similar ways. Right. I mean, it's uh, yeah. international players, you know, Charlize Ledger Walker and her sister um, are both, they're from New Zealand. So, yeah. um, you yeah, know, they, obviously they, they have, they have about as many countries as, as the men's team does. So yeah, it might even be more, man. I, I think they only have about two or three players from the States. Um, I think they, everybody they else is international. A, they have an assistant coach. Uh, he actually just followed me on Twitter um uh he who is from australia okay uh, jason cheney yep that makes sense um so he's from australia um, yep uh from brisbane yeah. uh i've been there um so, but yeah so uh uh i i would guess that that's where you know some of our uh, uh new zealand and and uh um, we do have an Ula, Austra- U- at least Ula one Matuga. australian Ula right? is australian yeah and so uh we, there might we be another one too yeah um obviously we are not um as up on the uh, i'm sure by the end of the season we'll have caught up with all the roster yeah. and then because uh, i'm 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 fully on board with this team like it's they are so fun to watch yeah uh to have playmakers like you said like crystal and Charlize, just uh, is so awesome and just to, to have a closer like Charlize, like they drew up a great play for her to get the time bucket um Bless the uh, basketball karma gods for Arizona to miss some fucking free throws. And, <laughs> yeah, and because uh, we earned that shit, we needed the, that. I'll say by the end of the season, uh, the women's getting the win over Arizona is going to be a lot bigger than and the men getting the win over Arizona because the women look like they're headed to the NCAA tournament at this yeah. point, and that win is is going to be huge for them. And in yep. in getting there and getting better seeding, and because they've only been once in 1991, they were an 11 seed and they lost in the first round. Um, uh, so it'd be great, you know, if they. Yeah, it's just crazy. They they added these two Ledger Walker sisters, and um, yeah, they they have uh, just uh, they still have uh, the younger Molina. Uh, she she uh, she's quick. She gets in line like uh, Bella Bella. I can't, Katiti. she had a huge huge so i probably got, got that wrong by the way yeah i'm so we just call her bella she's i'm, tr- I'm trying to imitate greg heister which is always dangerous too yeah so. yeah <laughs> as we know from <laughs> abogadi uh but so uh bella was huge in the comeback yeah. uh, she was in foul trouble but once they got down 16 she had a personal 7-0 run to get them within nine uh, before the before the break, they do quarters, um, and she's big. She's six three. Yep. Um, she's got good size. They are, they have another six three center, Emma Nakervis. She's also from Australia. Yep. Um, so uh, so they got two two kids from Australia. They got two kids from New Zealand. <laughs> they got Turkey, uh, Estonia, Estonia. There are by the way, the count is four four players from the U.S. 
the rest. Now, Bella, she did, um, she went to high school in Idaho, uh, but she's from Rwanda mm-hmm. originally. So I don't know. I don't know which you want to throw that into, whether that counts as a United States recruit or an international recruit. But, but sort of the point is, right? Like we talked about this over and over and over again with the men's basketball team. Like, like WSU, you just, you, you have to expand the talent pool. You have to get players from other places. You can't just go head to head. Uh, with everybody else and, and expect to come and, out on top. And I'm home. I got it. I, you know, I don't know if Theo has a bandwidth or anyone has a bandwidth. Maybe, maybe it might be us. Uh, someone's got tracked on this story about how the ledger walkers ended up in Pullman and how yeah. crystal uh, came over. And, and cause th- this is the game changing. Ad- I mean like program changing yeah. additions that they, they made. Like, um, so yeah, the, back to the game, obviously, it was really, you know, they got that free throw karma. Arizona misses two big free throws. And then uh, it seems like uh, I wasn't aware that in, in women's game, uh, it's more like the NBA game. You get to advance the ball to half court when you call timeout. Because, um, to be honest, I was watching it as I was walking with my family around the neighborhood. And I was watching it on my phone. So yeah. I, I tra- And I tried to watch the replay because I had it on DVR. And maybe maybe my DVR is sexist because usually <laughs> usually with the the men's basketball games it extends when when, yeah. when it's in overtime it automatically extends did not yeah. extend cut Ugh. off right at the two hours jerks um, so I got a sexist DVR so I'm gonna have to figure out something on the on that um, but yeah it's because they seem to have a, a proclivity to play close games so um, it happened again Ugh. but yeah they drew up a great play for her kind of they ran like a, a dummy cutter. Um, and then they got a double screen um, for Charlize. Uh, it gave her just enough space, and she came under a uh, great um, reverse layup to tie the game. Um, she's just so skilled. Like, yeah. she's just so savvy for, for a freshman. Um, and then, yeah, the it was really her sister, Crystal, at the start of the overtime uh, that kind of took over. She was setting up her teammates, um, uh, which one of the guards uh, – 30, what do I want to say? Uh, it was one of the guards that hit the three. Uh, I do not remember. Uh, I think it was, was. Jo- Joanna Teeter. I Hold think on, she I hit can, a. I can look. I, I think the she's the one that hit the stats over here in the play by play. It was either Sarver or Teeter. Um, they hit a huge three, put the Cougs up five. Um, and then, of course, it Arizona. was Sarver, by the way. Sar- Sarver. Yes. Um, so Sarver hits a big three, puts Cougs up five. Uh, then they kind of hold off Arizona. Arizona um, ties it up, and then it's pretty cool. They just, they literally just did a clear out, give it to Charlize, and uh, she broke her broke her uh, um, uh, defender down, got in the lane. Freaking crazy tough scoop shot. Got yeah. around got around Arizona's big, who's like you know like six five, and um, laid it in. It was a pretty pretty awesome moment. I, we were we had you know it's toddler time you just got to get her to burn energy so we're like out on the porch <laughs> having her run around the yard after the walk yeah, yeah. and i'm just like watching on my phone yeah just like getting into it and so it's pretty funny like like every time i react i feel the need to tell amanda why i reacted and i don't think she cared <laughs> um but uh but yeah i got pretty hyped and yeah that was that was fun man that was a heck of a win and and uh obviously that puts some um, in a good spot in in the conference or in second just one loss just one loss overall um, with some good wins uh, 
uh, right now, I, you know, I, in terms of using the men's terms, but I think they use it the same way in, in women's, uh, in the net, they, uh, I believe the UW and Colorado wins should both be Q1 or quadrant one wins. And, yeah. and now the Arizona wins a quadrant one win. Um, I think Oregon state hasn't started very well, but they could very well win quite a few games and move up in the net rankings because yeah. they, they were expected to be pretty good. Um, so they've already got some good wins under their belt and, uh, and they got a lot more, you know, a lot more conference games to go. Uh, so they have back-to-back games from Stanford in a couple weeks there. At, it's, it's interesting. That both, will not be fun. Probably. But, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but but, but it, if it is, that'd be amazing. Cause WSU has never beaten Maybe. Stanford. Um, well, that's like the rub with like all of this stuff. Like the pac 12 is just like it is well, yeah. absurdly good. Yeah, they're going down to USC and UCLA. UCLA is another top ten team. USC is an, another good team. Um, yeah. But USC, both could be you know quadrant one opportunities. Um, it's kind of interesting that the men and the women are both playing in LA um, the same weekend. Uh, Wonder if they'll take often. the same same plane and same bus and like party. Probably not. Probably don't want those teams <laughs> Pro- mixing. Probably no, probably no partying. <laughs> just kidding. Not really partying, you know, just like <laughs> hanging out, playing Uno. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the conference is just insanely tough, and it has been for decades, really. Like, the Pac-12, you know, for, for as much as, you know, we bag on the Pac-12 for, you know, crappy football or mediocre ba- men's basketball or whatever, um, it's always, always, always one of the top conferences for women's sports. Like it's just, it's been that way for, um, for decades really. And, and it's not a huge shock, right? I mean, you would expect that the West coast would maybe be a little more, uh, progressive in terms of, you know, opportunities for female athletes over the years, maybe not today, but you know, certainly, uh, two to three decades ago. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why the women's basketball team has never been ranked before this year. Like they, you know, like the, the conference they play in is just so enough wins. Yeah. Yeah. Insanely hard. And, um, very, very difficult, obviously always to get talent up to Pullman and even harder when you've got these, you know, massive heavyweight programs, you know, on the West coast and, you know, really led by Stanford over the years. And, and so to, to see them kind of break through this year is, is again, you know, just, it's super cool. It's, it's really, really cool. And, you know, we've said this before, but we're kind of, you know, we seem to be going through a little bit of a, a little bit of a Renaissance in, you know, WCU athletics. I mean, um, you know, when I was in school, the volleyball team was good, really, really good. You know, Sarah Silvernail was sort of yeah. the, uh, you know, maybe the best volleyball player in program history. She was, you know, leading the team when when I showed up. Um, you know, the men's basketball team was pretty good. You know, the football team went to a Rose Bowl. The baseball team was horrific. The soccer team, I have no idea if the soccer team is any good, but I assume they were bad. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I don't rem- I don't recall anything anything about that. Um, you know, and the women's basketball team was, was like beyond horrendous. Like they were, and they were actually reasonably close to coming up like their one tournament appearance back in 91 or something like that. You know, Harold Rhodes was still the coach when I showed up at school, you know, so the guy who'd taken them to the tournament was still the coach and, um, you know, but they were bad. They were, they, they were bad. So anyway, it's just, it's really cool. Like, you know, the, the basketball team, men's basketball teams on the upswing, the women's basketball team is ranked. The soccer program is incredible. Um, you know, the football Still team coming is, off a of college cup because they yeah, haven't had a season. Yeah. Cause yet. they haven't played yet. Uh, you know, the football team, you know, the, the 
weird ass four game, whatever we did this fall, notwithstanding, um, you know, has been, you know, above average to very good for, you know, half a decade now. I mean, it's, um, and baseball is, you know, tennis, pulling, ten, tennis, went to tennis has been great. Um, baseball's pulling in, you know, top 25 recruiting I think classes. You said volleyball already, right? Volleyball has been yeah. great. Like obviously, uh, you know, under Jen Greeny has been, has been awesome. Like to, to have multiple top 25 programs at, at, in, in a given year, um, and to have multiple like NCAA tournament programs in a given year, um, is, is really, I mean, look, I'm not, um, I, my, my institutional knowledge does not go back that far, but since I've been a Coug, which is 1995, so that's, that's a long time ago now, it's 25 years. There's never been anything like this with all the different programs. And, and I think that's, that's a real testament to, um, both the commitment to athletics from the pro from the from the school, you know, that that's part of it. And then, um, you know, I think the leadership of Pat Chun, um, who who obviously hasn't been around for that long, but um, to sort of mobilize and, and, and get this stuff moving in the right direction. I mean, he hired Etheridge. He's the one that called like pretty much right after he was hired, made the call to pull the plug on June Doherty, which at the time was like whoa you know because i think we all felt like june was eh, maybe at some point on the cusp um hired you know kemi right. etheridge and obviously turned out to be a good decision so it's yeah this is good good times man good times to be a coup so um back to crystal so she wasn't this is her best season like it, yeah it, i was looking at that too i didn't um, know where to fit that in but yeah she was she, also not a grad transfer she oh, oh that's year. right. She sat out last year. But still, yeah. like, she did not exactly light the world on fire before yeah. this year. So, yeah. The, um, but, yeah, she's definitely having the best season a lot because it's driven by her uh, three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. Um, it, it seems maybe she, she is shooting more than she did. Uh, she has more of an offensive role in terms of shooting at, uh, at WSU. Um, yeah, so she's... Uh, she's doing really well, and and her sister obviously. We we talked about her last week, um, what, and uh, uh, you know a fourth, uh, including a third in a row freshman of the week. Um, there was a publication that gave uh, Crystal Ledger Walker the Pac-12 Women's Player of the Week. So um, she got so there's accolades rolling in. They're ranked 25th. Um, so in terms of where they at where they are at and in, in going to the tournament, they are currently 34th in the net, uh, which is a great spot to be. Um, you know, if, if you end the season at 34th and you, and you have a good solid record, uh, and the, you're, you're going to be in good shape. Uh, yeah. You're almost, yeah, you feel pretty good in. about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, they're in a really good spot right now. So they've, they've had some high like RPI and net rankings before because, um, under June and then under even more so under Cami, uh, they they schedule really tough in the non-conference. Um, so like last year and the year before, they had some really good RPIs, but they just you know they had like a losing record, so they weren't going to. Uh, well, the year before, what year did they go? To the NIT Final Four was 2018, so yeah, that would be a couple years ago. So yeah, they, they'd have higher, high RPIs, just not great records. But this year. They're they're kind of winning some of those games. They 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 should have beat Oregon too, and Oregon's second in the yep. in the net or third in that ranking. So yep. th- th- like so that would have been a huge win. Even just being close to them is, is probably helpful in the, in the net as yep. well. We talked about how they have the uh, efficiency margin, adjusted efficiency margin, which is similar to Kempon. 
um, in that. So, yeah, they, I mean, they're in a position. Uh, they've only been once in 1991, and they're in a position uh, to make a run. Uh, they do have a tough weekend ahead, but uh, I think USC is definitely a team they can beat. Uh, UCLA is going to be the tough one, but if they can split that, uh, they're they're right. They're they're right on track. Stay on, yep. staying on track. Yep, feel awful good about that for sure. Which is awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching them. Uh, most of their games are on, like we said, they're either on Pac-12 Network or, or if they're not on Pac-12 Network, they end up uh, the Pac-12 streams them. Yeah, so. more of them are getting picked up Pac-12 Network. I mean, both the games this weekend, Friday and Sunday, yep. are, are both on Pac-12 Network. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, check it out. The women's yeah. basketball team. Don't miss it. It's fun. It's always fun it to is. watch Cougs win. Um, try to... Try to watch the language you use when talking about the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, look, our our encouragement would be, I think, I don't want to speak for both of us at the same time, but I think we both, like, would say, give us advice. Speak about them the same way you would speak about men. Yeah, just, yeah, none of this, like, uh, we're proud of you and, oh, just, like, just, yeah, just, they're, just talk about them. Yeah, like, talk about, talk the about them being way. awesome. Yeah. And and if they're bad, talk about them being bad. It's fine. yes. Like, uh, well, just, I mean, we we had this conversation, you know, multiple times about like not on the podcast, obviously, but like um, kind of behind the scenes about June, where it was like, eh, you know, like it seems like the standard was maybe a little lower. Yeah. Or you know, it was sort of like don't embarrass us, and you can stick around pretty much as long as you want. Like that's kind of what it seemed yeah. like with June under under bill moose um so it's yeah it's i th- and i think that kind of gets back to what i was saying earlier about just kind of where we're at right now like it, it seems like the standard of existing and not being embarrassing is no longer really in play as as it was for a lot of sports it wasn't just the women's sports i mean you know it was that way for a lot of the non-revenue sports but i mean i'll even say like here's one that obviously i don't think anybody pays attention to but look the swim team has gotten okay and that's not like I, I, I that maybe that sounds terrible, but like that. But honestly, they've been awful. Yeah. For ever. <laughs> like they've really just basically existed. And that's about it. And and if you really wanted to be super cynical, you could be like, they're there to balance our title nine numbers. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind yeah. of what it was for a really long time. And I believe the coach's name is Matt Leach. Yeah. Um, we had two leeches. Uh, but so Matt Leach and, and they're even. Um, you know, on the come up. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel like just sort of the, the standard has been raised to say, nah, you know, we have expectations of being competitive and we can do this and, and we'll build some facilities that, you know, may not be rivaling, you know, you know, the, the highest programs around the, the PAC 12, but at the same time, they are, uh, you know, certainly like good and not, you know, actively subverting the coach's ability to, to do it, to do what they need to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's like I said, I think the standard has been raised and, and I think you're seeing that, you know, play out across the board. And, you know, I think, um, you know, soccer and volleyball, I think had a lot to do with that sort of leading the way, like, no, we can do this. We can compete. Um, we can expect and compete to consistently, not compete just, consistently, not just like, like when, every exactly. four years, if you got exactly. like a big class or whatever. Yep. Yep. So it's uh 
I, th- I think every program now aspires to to being good every year, and and you know we have programs that now aspire to championships that never would have you know thought of that. I guarantee you, Jen Greeny is like, I want to win the Pac-12, and you know that doesn't seem crazy, right? right. And then uh, you've got you know soccer. I mean, that's definitely not crazy, <laughs> right? The idea of them you know setting their sights on winning the conference. So um, you know, in football, it's been a long time since we've done that, but. You know, it's it, these are things that you know can be done, can I mean, be attainable. Uh, in football, and they were so so, so close three yeah. years in a row. Yep, so. yep. So it's good times, man. Good times to be a Coug. And you know, I mean, speaking of soccer, right? Trinity Rodman is uh, never going to play for us, yeah. <laughs> apparently. But uh, but that's also a good thing, right? Yeah, you know, the, so Trinity Rodman's going to. Um, uh, reported to going to put her name in the NWSL draft, which will be uh, happening maybe as you're listening to this or, you know, it's somewhere around it's Jan- it's January 13th. Um, you may remember last year, uh, WSU had two players drafted. Uh, Avery Collins, who was a grad transfer from Stanford, uh, was drafted. And then, of course, Morgan Weaver was drafted second uh, by the Thorns. Um, so to have that sort of, and we talk about this with uh, the men's basketball team. We talk about it with the football team. Uh, to have that sort of uh, uh, ability to show that you can bring in high school kids and turn them into professional athletes um, is important. And it's huge. And 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 in and in women's soccer is obviously a, a massive sport in the U.S. Um, we we have the you know the best uh, women's soccer kind of program in the in the world um and even if you read uh more on it that it's there's even a lot of untapped potential because of the way that um uh, the kind of financial restrictions to playing uh soccer um, high level soccer in the u.s so there's even more untapped talent that could be even more dominant um uh, even beyond winning like you know four world cups and 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 out of the eight i think total women's world cups that there have been or whatever uh but um but yeah, so just Trinity Rodman was obviously one of the. I think she was number one recruit in the country yeah. uh, last year, and so uh, she was one, the number was, one forward. I know that. And obviously, I think having uh, uh, D, uh, DJ Rodman on on was helpful in that. Um, but but still, she still saw WC as a place she wanted to play, um, and now she's she's going to go pursue her uh, professional career, which. You know, uh, that's pretty common in soccer in general, um, not as much in the U.S., but around the world, uh, people go and play professionally when they're teens. Like, they don't they don't wait. Like, we, we look at, some, you know, we, we, we watch Borussia Dortmund, and, and uh, they yep. have they have a 17-year-old American, or I think he might have turned 18, but it, they have a 16-year-old who is German. playing. Yep. Uh, yeah, 16-year-old who's already scored a goal in, in league play, and, and it's... Yep. Uh, so, uh, another 17 year old midfielder from England. Yeah. So there's, yeah, you know, these are people who have been in their academies for, (laughs) you know, not necessarily their academy, but have been in professional academies, you know, for years. I mean, their, their best player is 19, right? 20 or do you just turn 20? Uh, yeah. Holland just turned 20, 20, right? 20, just turned 20. You know, he's been in academies since he was, you know, 13 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, anyway, so it's, yeah, like you said, not uncommon around the world. Uh, I think the U.S. the U S men's game is definitely moving in that has, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say moving. I'd say they've already gone in that direction to the point where like 
the MLS draft is is just completely irrelevant at this yeah. point because the players, the college players, just don't even the players playing American college uh, soccer are just not they're they're not most of them are not future pros or or serious uh you know top flight pros you know those guys are playing in academies they are you know going overseas they're guys like uh you know like Gio Reyna and Weston McKenney and uh Ser- Serginio Dest and you know guys like that and uh Anthony Robinson I mean I'm, I'm naming off all these names but these are all guys who you know came up and went it seems like the women's game is is perhaps heading that direction yeah um, unfortunately so it, for the NWSL. Yeah, so unfortunately for the NWSL, which means a lot, you know, a lot of the top players are heading to Europe now, which are, you know, with uh basically with clubs that are tied into the the big uh men's European soccer clubs versus here where the franchises are independent. So it's going to be interesting with Rodman because she could either uh do the draft thing and go to the NWSL or she could, you know, perhaps uh you know, try to head off to Europe. So yeah, going to be very and, interesting. And I'll give credit to the reporting is Stephen Goff of the Washington Post. Um, he covers soccer for the Washington yep. Post, and, and he's the one that's been on this. Uh, he reported that uh, Rodman was considering it and then reported uh, yesterday that she was going to register for the end of a sale draft. She also said – he also said she may uh, go to Europe. Uh, you know, there's European teams looking at her. Um, so, yeah, she's she's going pro and – uh, you know, good, good luck to her. It'll be, she'll yeah. be fun to watch. I mean, she's her. a she's a coog man. She signed Absolutely. up to come to Pullman. She lived in Pullman. Yep. Yeah. She she's a coog. She's one of us. She never. She never pl- I don't care. If she never plays for WSU. I mean, if you if you committed um uh, to making uh you know one of our best program even better uh, than you you rock and uh, yeah. so um, she trained go, with them. I mean, she yeah. yeah. I mean, it, she's one of us. Yeah. Go crush it and yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we have so much to talk about. Um, uh, what else we got? We, let's might as well, we're, since we're talking about, um, you know, these, these players, additions and stuff, um, we mentioned the football team many times. So uh, we actually have football news this week. And don't worry, we'll get to the basketball, the men's basketball <laughs> team. Obviously, Jeff and I. If the problem is that. once we start talking basketball, we can't. Stop. Yeah, so let's just do that. We'll save that for last. Uh, so yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll get um, this out of the way. As you know, last week we we talked for over an hour before the break because we got hooked on the you know on, we get we get in our kid palm nerdery and whatever. Um, so yeah, so uh, kind of a, a surprise. Um, uh, WSU added a grad transfer quarterback, um, Jarrett. How do you say his last name? Uh, Guarantano. I don't even know. I'm, I'm gonna say Guarantano. Uh, Jarrett Guarantano. Sure. Uh, transfer. That sounds good. Transfer from Tennessee. Uh, he played in all four years at Tennessee. Uh, was a starter, then got benched. Um, some solid, not spectacular stats. Um, obviously, it's it's hard. We're always looking at it through the air raid lens, so it's hard to right. hard to look at QB numbers. I would say his stats are like pretty comparable to Gardner Minshew's stats when he was coming over. Yeah, um, even maybe a little better. Um, he. He looks like he has a little bit of mobility, not a runner, but uh, definitely uh, will pick up some yardage on the ground. Um, I don't think any. Well, he was like, he was a rated as a dual threat quarterback when he was in high school. Yeah. So in theory, you know, there's the ability to run there. I, You know, obviously that was a long time ago yeah. for him, but he also was a, you know, a four star recruit back at that time, too. So, yeah. He's so big, maybe there's six, something in there. 
six four two thirty big big dude um got that you know that that quarterback body um so he definitely uh you know i i i can't tell you you know i think you said it in the comments jeff i don't think you would have came if if it was if he thought he was coming to play as in uh, a backup or an you know insurance option or something i think someone yep. commented so yeah that's just not 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 something that's gonna gonna happen um, so he's definitely going to be competing for the starting job. They're yep. not going to bring in this guy that's played SEC ball um, to not do that. So, and and you got to remember, uh, this doesn't mean like what this means is probably Cam Cooper or Gunnar Cruz are both <laughs> are thinking about transferring after you know the it looks like <laughs> yeah. Jaden Jaden is the preferred starter going forward. But yeah. Still, they maybe they saw what Jaden had to offer and thought, "Hey, maybe we can give him a redshirt season because yeah. he can still do that." Um, or maybe they just thought, maybe he's just not ready to to. We're not comfortable with him just doing it. We're going to make him compete against you know a, an experienced QB because obviously, yeah. still, I mean, at this point, before Jarrett Guarantano come comes on, uh, Jaden Delora is our most experienced quarterback. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know, man. I'm looking at his stats and I'm like, you know, I, it's always so tough to tell. Like, like you know what the offense they run in. Yeah. Minshew's a great example, right? Like obviously, and look, I'm not, I'm not going to say this guy is going to come in and be Gardner Minshew. Like that was, that was 100% lightning in a bottle. Like that was some crazy shit. Like, you know, Gardner Minshew doesn't do anything and then shows up and lights the world on fire. And now he's, you know, an off and on starter in the NFL. Like that's like, like that's some crazy stuff. So I, I, I'm not trying to project that onto here, but what I am going to say is that, um, you know, you never really know what a guy is capable of because the system matters and what you're asking the guy to do matters. I mean, look, we, we had a huge, like, okay, so we're both Seahawks fans, right? You know, we've, we've had endless debates about Russell Wilson, right? And how much of it is Russ and how much of it is Brian Schottenheimer, who no longer is the offensive coordinator, right? Or how much of it is Pete, you know, meddling and like how much of this is whatever. And how do you figure, how do you parse out what's what? So when I look at this guy, Right. And I go, okay. So in 2019, last season as a junior, um, you know, he starts or plays in 13 games, uh, attempts 257 passes. Like, like that's literally not 20. That's not even 20 attempts a game. Yeah. Right. He was the full time starter and and did less than 20 attempts attempts a game. Uh, 59% completion, but 8.4 yards per attempt. Pretty good. Right. 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Is he throwing interceptions because he throws interceptions? Is he, because obviously 16 to eight is not a great ratio, right? So, but is he, or is he, you know, being asked to do certain things because he's only throwing the ball 20 times a game? Like, maybe he's only, he's throwing primarily in like third and eight, third and nine. Yeah. Right. Like, is, is that the situation, right? Like, he's expected to pick up, you know, third and long, second and long. Like like type throws or did they have a a vertical? I mean I don't know because I don't watch mediocre SEC teams very much, so that's not <laughs> I like I just don't right like if if there's oh, a yeah. if there's if I'm gonna watch a mediocre Pac-12 team or a mediocre <laughs> SEC I'm gonna watch the Pac-12 team because I might actually you know play against that team right so um, I don't know like I I'm intrigued like I'm intrigued because he's a former four star recruit not that that's everything but that's some indication of perhaps a baseline talent level and. 
Um, this year was quite bad for him. Like, like he was not good at all this year. Um, you know, so maybe, maybe the guy just needs, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a fresh start and, and let's, you know, let's be real. I mean, Tennessee was three and seven this year. So, you know, they were bad. Well, uh, what we saw with Minshew is he was on some bad teams and that, yeah. that obviously was part of it. And, uh, yep. he came, got a fresh start here. And so, yeah, um, I, I definitely, I, I gotta think that Nick Rolovich used Minshew as the sales pitch. Like, Hey, yeah. this dude came here for one year and, um, yep. he's in the NFL. So. Yep. Um, yep. Entirely possible. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I think it's not necessarily, I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all to bring in another guy. I mean, obviously I think we both think Delora is, uh, you know, the future and, and obviously showed some moments of brilliance, but also, you know, looked like a freshman. So, yeah. um, I think not throwing everything in with him, uh, is, you know, a wise, a wise decision, especially if you're, if you're not, sold on you know either of the the backups you know cooper or cruz being good enough to overtake him right like if you're just like i don't know man that's eh, yeah you know so i don't i don't blame the coach especially if he knows something about somebody transferring but i don't know like if someone was going to transfer you'd think we would have probably heard about it by now Yeah, maybe yeah we always those things get those guys get in the transfer portal and everybody knows like it's not it's it, it's never a secret. There so. are reporters that pretty much monitor that. Yeah. So you would think if they were going to do it like uh, now, they, w- they would have done it before uh, before second semester started. And I think that started this week. So like you would think that that would be the case. So I don't know. Maybe they're sticking around for spring ball. Everybody sees what they got in spring ball and then they decide, you know, what they want to do for next year, which, you know, maybe not be may not be a bad a bad strategy for everyone involved. And, you know, go from there. Yeah. But we do know we do know Max Borgie's coming back. Yeah, that's party. That's great. That That's uh, I mean, obviously, the the fear was that he would go to the NFL, just be Mm -hmm. done with this. But, you know, potentially just maybe didn't have enough tape this year and and uh maybe he just wanted to come back and see what he can do in the run and shoot um i again we've talked about i'm really curious to what rolovich will do with him we saw we we're repeating but still now that we know we we you know fingers crossed stays healthy this year and we have a full season and and we get to see borgie you know for 12 13 you know up to 15 games in the in the in the, yeah. in the in the run and shoot uh so yeah. it, it we talked about with what it, what Rolovich did with Travell Harris and potentially because Borgie is obviously very good at catching the ball out of the backfield but the run and shoot doesn't use the running back as uh a receiver it uses the running back as pass pro so um it'd be interesting to see if they kind of change uh you know create some packages specifically for max to get him the ball in different ways because i mean he is that good and you should try to do that um uh so hopefully because uh, we know you know just on straight carries he's he's not going to get a ton more carries than he did in the air raid um especially when you have another good running back on the roster so i would think they're going to try to get max in there uh, get get him you know touches in different ways even though it hasn't historically been a run and shoot thing but I, we saw this year that that was not you know a straight up run and shoot nor we would have expected it to be given that they uh, 
had you know didn't have spring ball and everything so yeah it's pretty exciting um i'm excited to watch him again uh it was you know, we got just a taste of it against utah he had some real nice plays uh but it'll be fun to be able to watch him for a full season yeah he uh you know you know you mentioned he's real good at catching the ball i think the the idea with him is just he's so good in space right yeah. like like he's i mean he makes people miss uh well, and he runs that wheel miss, route really well too yeah makes people miss like crazy and so um and we know that rolovich is not afraid to to put in a you know a play or two at least that's not um necessarily you know strict uh you know run and shoot philosophy right like like he'll he'll put in some wrinkles to kind of maybe get an advantage at, at different times. So, um, yeah, I, lo- I look forward to figuring out ways to get the ball to Borgie. Um, you know, it's, he's probably, you know, going to carry the ball maybe just like 15 times a game. That's, that's probably about, uh, the ceiling for the most part of what he's going to be looking at. And then you're going to have uh Macintosh. Now I haven't seen anything formal on Macintosh. Um, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming he'll be back. Um, you know, so you're probably looking at, you know, 20, 20 to 25 carries maybe being split between those two guys. You know, if you're feeling pretty good, then you figure that's, you know, 40 ish passes, right? Uh, 40 to 45 passes. So that's, that's probably about where you're going to end up, um, going to end up with those guys. So yeah, it's, it's a heck of a deal. I mean, look, the, the only person so far who has said, uh, they're not the only senior who has said they're not coming back is Josh Watson. So, um, so the guard position, one of those guard positions going to be sort of wide open for, for someone to step in and, and fill in. Um, but you know, everybody else has said they're coming back except for, we have not heard from Abe Lucas yet. Uh, my guess with Abe is that they're, he's probably waiting on, um, probably those, those NFL grades that they do where they're like, you know, we expected you'd be drafted in, you know, X round right my guess is he's probably waiting on that trying to get some information um kind of trying to figure figure out what what his likelihood is of being drafted high and Mm -hmm. um you know i don't i don't blame him for that so you know good for him and and if he ends up you know deciding that uh you know he's probably going to be a top three round draft pick and he wants to go then yeah go ahead and go man because this is you know next year's probably still going to be weird yeah like it's it's probably still not going to be normal um, college is not going to be normal. All the stuff we enjoy about being in college is still not going to be normal. Like, uh, I don't, you know, if if you've got a chance to go make money while not partying, uh, you know, maybe that's the better way to go. I don't, I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, football news, bat, again, so many things. Um, I had to get a, give a shout out to, uh, Lisa and her husband, Darren. Who, yeah. Um, Want us to talk about women's basketball? We we were planning on it already, but I, I appreciate the email, and and we will m- certainly pro- make it a weekly uh, thing to to talk about the uh, the women's hoops team because uh, they're having a special season, and and it, and they seem to have what it takes to keep that going. So um, yeah, yeah. So, but of course, uh, uh, we are the men's hoop nerd team to to the core um and uh we love our nerd ball and um after the break let's 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 get into that we're back we are back 
Um, we are back. Uh, I know you're not drinking anything. Uh, I got water. Yeah, you your dry urinary. <laughs> it's not even me. just dry. It's just you're, like I'm trying not to drink beer. Like, that's my thing. You're killing me, Jeff, because you know I got a special beer for us both to have I know. at the same oh time. Oh, my gosh. And it's a very uh, time-sensitive well, beer. How ti- yeah, I, might have to, I might have to break that fast. We talked about how time-sensitive it that's is right. previously I forgot about, I totally forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. You, you know right. how We're going to have to work that out. You know how I am. I went looked for it immediately. Yeah. We're gonna have to work that out. So yeah, I'm I'm drinking an interesting one, um, uh, Ravenna Brewing, uh, which is a, a brewery in Ravenna neighborhood of Seattle, um, Go which is uh, kind of uh, north uh, east Seattle a little bit. Um, you know, but when you're getting east of I five, probably in the, like the sixties uh in terms of street numbers uh that's about where ravenna is um that's where ravenna brewing is of course and they have a little there's a little like you know neighborhood downtown there and stuff there's some nice restaurants and stuff highly recommend check it out um but ravenna uh they've 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 been kind of low-key making some really good beers recently um for a while but i just you know uh there's so many breweries to try but they've been you know in the pandemic uh, a lot of packaged beer that normally didn't make it south uh, out of Seattle or even made it out of the brewery much is making it because, uh, you know, they got to get rid of it somehow and they, they want to sell it. So uh, Ravenna um, recently released a few barrel aged beers and one of them is called, uh, I, I think it's L- Luna. Uh, they kind of have it like a, a crescent moon tilted uh, so it almost looks like Lona, but I think it's Luna because it looks like a moon. Um, and it is uh, a Mexican stout with vanilla chilies and or chilies and cinnamon aged in tequila barrels. Uh, Ooh. So there's not a lot of stouts that are aged in tequila barrels. There are some very bad ones. Um, the best one I've ever had is uh, PNC um, by uh, Firestone Walker. Uh, PNC is stands for the Republican National Committee. So it was... Uh, it was a, a, a collaboration between some of the kind of the OG beer stores and beer bars uh, like um, Bottle Works, uh, Browers at, uh, in Seattle, uh, uh, Toronado in San Francisco, Falling Rock in, in Denver, and, and, and some others. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, that was really only the only tequila barrel aged out I've ever had that I liked, but this one is quite good. Um, I think it was it was funny, you know, using the the Mexican spices in there uh, make sort of a Mexican hot chocolate beer, um, and then aging in tequila barrels. The tequila is not overpowering, which is always the issue with yeah. tequila barrel stouts because it's not like you know it's not always uh, um, uh, you know flavors that meld together. I think probably the yeah. Vanilla... I was going to say they don't always play nice together. Yeah, you know, like tequila is like a thing you want like a hint of. I think rather what, than to be, and it, it, it probably uh, if it's tequila barrels, um, I want it's probably some some of the like the the longer age tequila, um, the añejo tequila. Uh, so that I don't if you have some añejo tequila, the darker tequila, it really gets because those are typically aged in like previously used bourbon barrels and stuff. Uh, so you get a lot of the uh, kind of vanilla characteristics and this that's what i'm getting from this beer um there's obviously vanilla in the beer but i think it really is melding with the tequila um the tequila barrel like the vanilla notes from the tequila barrel as well 
Um, and there's not that there's a little bit of that kind of like distinctive agave tequila notes, but it's, it all like kind of melds really well together. It's a really easy drinking, um, very crushable at 11%, um, Woo. stout. Like it's got a nice, uh, say like a medium body, uh, and, uh, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, just a 500 milliliter, so not too big. So about 16.9 ounces. So not getting too hammered here. Um, I ate a good dinner and everything, so I'm good to go. Uh, but yeah, Ravenna Brewing, check them out. They they do some of the coolest labels. They they always use this like gold or silver on black, and like um, they just look like the bottle looks so pretty. Um, the wax is way too thick on the top. That's starting to drive me crazy in my old age. I guess I'm getting really grouchy about how thick the breweries make their wax and they have to like get a knife out to cut it. I'm like, this is too much. This is unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do a different brewery I haven't done before. So Ravenna, check them out. Um, if you want to brave, uh, going, if you're coming from down where I am, it's not, it's like a wall to me, like downtown Seattle going anything North of there is like pretty rough, but, um, but yeah. Uh, all right. So basketball, Luna, it's round, yeah. The moon, yeah, it makes sense. Round ball. Let's talk about yeah. round ball. Absolutely. Um, man, uh, I think the weekend went about how we expected. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you. I just, I'm just happy we beat Cal. To be yeah. honest, um, like that was that I, was the one they had I'm, to have. I'm really happy they beat Cal the way they did too. Given that Bradley was out, I probably wouldn't have felt very good if they narrowly beat Cal given that their far and away best player was out, but yes. they really shut them down defensively like they should have given that yep. Bradley was out and, and they, uh, they did pretty well offensively, even with some guys having really bad games. They had Bonton played his best game. Bonton had his best weekend of the, yep. of the season. Um, yeah, uh, which is really encouraging given that, um, he's played his best ball in pac 12 play and that's great. Um, yeah, his, by the way, his offense, his offensive rating in conference play. And, and so, okay. So I'm reminding myself, cause I hear this from listeners occasionally I'm reminding myself to explain what these stats mean so that we don't leave people in the dust. Uh, but offensive rating is an efficiency measure. It's, it's basically, um, a measure of how many points you contribute per 100 possessions. Anything over a hundred is good. Um, and, and depending on how far over hundred you are kind of depends on how many shots you take and how many possessions you use and the, and a possession used is anything that ends with you taking a shot, turning it over, whatever. Okay. So his offensive rating in conference play is one Oh six. That's awesome for a guy who's using 28% of possessions. Like he's sixth in the conference in possessions used and yet he's been very efficient um, in the four conference games. One oh six is disturbing. Like, that's like, that's stellar. Been a great assist man. He's actually leading the conference in conference play in assist rate. So that's yeah. that's the percentage of your teammates' field goal makes that you assist on while you're on the floor. Um, and so he's almost on the floor all the time. But so he is he is actually assisting on forty one percent of the back baskets when he's on the floor. So that's pretty huge. And given then he's also shooting uh, 30% of the shots, uh, he's definitely in control and he's yep. actually playing really well. Like it, yep. this is, 
this is as good as you can expect like yeah. uh, your 63 guard to like play like it's people it's, need to let go of that shit from the beginning of the season I, when it was just chuck and duck and whatever he's like he is truly a different player right now he's he's shooting um he's shooting 39% on threes 46% on twos um i think the free throws are going to come around like it, He's the they're last already back games. up to seventy percent after yeah. the last game. So yeah, he was he was only one of two against Stanford, but he was six of six against Cal. So over the weekend, he was seven of eight. Uh, that's that's great. Um, after having a tough you know two of five, but before that, um, so yeah, it's it's really encouraging. Um, his free throw rate is down, which I think is actually better because um, yes. he's not at his best when he's just flying at the rim. Like it's just yes. not that does not work for the team overall, but he's been playing more controlled kind of playing. Like we saw against Stanford a little bit. He made a lot of good decisions where he'd sort of dribble to the top of the key. And if it, if there wasn't something there, he'd back it out. I um, mean, look for something else. Um, they've re- stamp. He, he started really, he was shooting really well against Stanford. Uh, well, we'll talk about Cal. Um, you know, that game was good. I, I, I think he got a little frustrated. Got a couple offensive fouls towards the end that, that, bumped up his turnover number uh which was yep. a bummer otherwise he still had a great game and uh overall 126 rating and, and great shooting percentages this the five turnovers when two of them are kind of obvious frustration offensive fouls uh, that that's a bummer but um uh but yeah so he, he had really good game um against cal uh obviously um it, it was interesting uh noah had a great second half against Cal. He struggled at first. Um, we'll talk about him in a sec. Um, and then Effa just has become a three-point shooter. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. He obviously um, – he's not been doing well finishing inside. Um, but he's just stepped out and he hit six threes over the weekend. So that's that's kind of nuts. And Yeah, the, the shooting against Stanford was crazy. Like, because he, he had that – was, that was probably his worst game of the year, um, I think. For sure. Where, you know, he, he just was just a complete non-factor inside. Like, if he hadn't hit those threes, it would have been, like, like stunning how, how little impact. I mean, he made zero twos. He did have a – monster dunk put back that that slipped off i i don't know if his i don't know if anybody's talked about this i don't know if maybe he has slightly small hands like i'm not even sure like he's had some dunks where it seems like they should be pretty i don't, I don't know dry well i don't know if he has like because he goes up with one hand quite often like i don't yeah because that's one thing i said to you is like he I, I think I even put it on Twitter like he probably should go up with two hands more. Maybe and just, instead of and maybe to get that's that, it. Instead of trying to get that highlight dunk, maybe just try to finish yeah. finish it up. Maybe that's know? it. So, yeah, he just you know didn't have a great game against uh, you know not coincidentally right the the toughest uh, two point defense you know he's faced all year. Uh, that was yeah. that was not a coincidence. No one no one uh, was good. None of the bigs were good inside. Yeah. against they, they found it extremely challenging to do much of anything. And, and I mean, I think this is maybe even the most telling thing. Like, like he only had three attempts, <laughs> like, like he just, like he just couldn't, couldn't get off. Get shot. And, yeah. and, and at least one of them was just a straight put back, uh, two. So I, I'm talking about two pointers. Yeah. Um, you know, at least one of them was just a put back. He shot six threes and only had three twos. That's, that's definitely not what you want from him. 
Um, you know, and he only had three rebounds. Uh, first game, I think his previous low was, it looks like against Eastern, maybe he had four rebounds in 10 minutes. This yeah. was three rebounds in 28 minutes. Yeah. Um, it was quite, yeah, it was quite bad. Um, you know, so, you know, he's, he's young, right. He's still gonna, he's still learning. He's still figuring out how to, how to be effective. And, you know, Stanford's Stanford's real, real, real tough. Uh, but he had a good game against Cal, you know, had uh, 12 points, nine rebounds. Well, again, that uh, was a live three point again, driven because he had yeah, three, three of four from three. <laughs> yeah. So his last two games, one of seven from two, uh, game before that, two of five. So impact 12 play. And maybe this is something to keep an eye on. He's three of 12 on twos. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. You, you would expect something more like seven of 12 on twos. I'll say so, that, you know, something to keep an eye on Stanford and Arizona be two of the toughest front lines that he'll face in terms of interior defense. Um, so hopefully, uh, against some other teams he can get right. Um, but it, I, I UCLA could be one of those teams, and we'll, and we'll get to preview in the other games too. Um, but uh, wrapping up, you know, the, the weekend, big win, Cal. Stanford was a bummer. Um, obviously, no one got hurt in the first half on – we have to talk about this. Boo. On, on some bullshit. Um, That's that, so mad. So uh, we're all, like, we're all still mad at, you know uh, – Deshaun Jackson got called for a, you know, on a review uh, on an elbow on a, just a regular back basketball move for a flagrant foul against Arizona. Um, this one was also reviewed for a flagrant foul, but not determined to be, um, even though it was very clear, Spencer Jones had no intention of challenging Noah at the rim on a fast break, no intention of doing anything, but standing kind of three quarters with his back to him. And very clearly and backing, backing up, under, uh, him. under him, like very clearly backing up under him. And that's a one of the most dangerous things you can do, especially to a basketball player who's running down the floor and, and yep. on a fast break opportunity. Um, and obviously Noah got hurt. Um, he landed, it looked like on his tailbone. Uh, don't know. How I mean, he was he... screaming the moment he hit the ground. Yeah. Um, and, and he looked like he was in very, very intense pain and, and, um, hopefully nothing broke or anything. Yeah. And maybe it's just, a he bruise, did try but... to warm up after halftime, which yeah. indicates that maybe they felt okay that he wasn't, you know, a total disaster, but who knows if he'll play yeah. forward, but I think they very much, very much missed him, particularly just from a body's perspective yeah. in the second quarter, yeah. uh, second half, uh, yeah. It, because you already have wrap out at the guard position. Yeah. Warren is proving to struggle against Pac-12 teams. Yes. Um, he, is, he, <laughs> he he very much looks like a, there's a reason why he was a walk-on. So they're running Bomba 22 minutes in that game, which is more than you wanted to. And he had his struggle. You know, he was one guy trying to get shots inside, and it was not working out for him. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see where his – the things he still has to get better at. You know, yeah. you can see those things pretty clearly. He's got to be more of a threat from the outside. I mean, it's still impressive how he does get to the rim, but he's just not um, great at, you know, he, we see this with freshmen a lot that they, they got to learn how to use their bodies at the rim against, yep. against like grown men, like, yep. you know? Um, so he, I mean, he'll get there. He's definitely got tools, but um, if, if he's like your, 
fourth best guy from the class like that's pretty good you know right um uh and he might even be the fifth best guy or even six given what we don't know what carlos rosario has but again carlos rosario had to play yeah um he still looks you know very raw uh, he tried to extremely skinny he he <laughs> tried to do a little dribble drive off of a screen and just yeah. got the ball taken away from him uh, whoopsies yeah whoops uh and he didn't try to do that again after that i think he might have come out after that um uh so yeah he's still got a ways but you can see kind of his he he's a basketball but you can see his movement like he, he you can see he's got some athleticism i he's just very skinny he needs to add some weight uh and, and he but i i, I he wasn't I, I don't think he you know it, he wasn't supposed to play in that game uh obviously i they obviously thought vova was a bad matchup so tony miller got quite a few minutes thankfully played really played well, well. Um, made five or six free throws way to go tony um, it made the two free throws um, as a big fuck you to Stanford after they picked him to shoot the free throws after Noah was hurt because the opposing team gets to shoot, gets to pick the shooter when the when the when the shooter when the the player fouled can't take the free throws. So Tony made both of those, which is always a big yeah, deal. That was pretty great. Um, but obviously, Tony, uh, you know, matching up against uh, Oscar De Silva was rough. Um, that's that was a tough tough guard for him. Pretty that much is all. a very tough matchup. Um, but it was it was to be honest it was tough for anyone they put on it especially in the last 10 minutes of the game uh you know they made a hell of a run after halftime to take the lead um and it was really fed by threes and playing some defense they got a lot of stops in that first um what was it 14 minutes or so they were able to whittle the lead down and finally take the lead cuz you know Effa was hitting threes and and uh, uh Yakimovsky, I talk about him. He had a, a terrible game against Cal, but you know came back and hit five threes, a career high, nineteen points against um, Stanford. So that was encouraging because if you know if he can hit his shots, that's that's huge uh, for the, for this offense. Um, still, with they hit eleven of twenty four threes, still only point eight eight points per possession. Because uh, yeah. they really didn't get to the free throw line much. Um, outside of Tony, who is just a free throw line getting to machine. Like, he he draws fouls. Like, he draws fouls really well. I don't know how he does it, but he's just very good at that. Because um, he's just I, – I, I think, like, F.A. could learn something about the way Tony attacks the basket when he has the ball. Yeah. Um, and the way he, thro- you know, kind of uses his body and uses, you know, his leverage. Um, well, Miller even had he had an and one that got called on the floor that was a total oh, bullshit call. Yeah, that, that blow by the blow, he, great drive, he blew past a guy, took two huge steps and exploded to the rim, and the ref was like, "That's on the ground." Because like, I didn't. When was it on think, the ground? <laughs> I don't believe that you could actually like take off from there and get to the rim. I'm sorry. Also, when was the foul? I mean, it was a really like, you could just not call the foul. It could rest do it all the time. Hold the whistle. See if shot goes in. Like, yeah, like, like it was bizarre. Whatever. But yeah, whatever. I, and that, that would have been huge. Cause, uh, but yeah, uh, not having Noah and then also not having rap down the stretch. Those guys were gassed. Um, Bonton's playing a lot of minutes and Bonton, he, what, he didn't look tired, but they just, they keyed in on Bonton because, you know they 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 key in on Bonton. 
try to block the, the Stanford's a very good defensive team. They they yep. they they realize Yakimovsky finally they finally figured out, you know, guard him. You, you needed that other scoring guard and they didn't yeah. have it. They they yeah. if they had Noah in there, it, I think it would have made a huge difference. Well, Maybe they don't There win. were opportunities for that, right? Yeah. There were opportunities to penetrate. We talked about Bamba, right? So Bamba in his 22 minutes had five two-point attempts. Right. There were opportunities there to get into the lane, get to the rim. Um, he just couldn't finish <laughs> at all. Like, and and just, in fairness, Noah so. was one of four and his only bucket was a breakaway bucket, but yeah. but two, but or um but we saw Noah has the ability to kind of work himself into a game yep. and like he did against Cal. Um, you know, he has a step back jumper and he has a three point shot now. These are things that Bomba doesn't have. Uh, that Noah definitely could have uh, he could have gotten yep. in on that three parade a little bit. You know, I it, they may not have won, uh, but they would not have had that that stretch the last five minutes. Or, they would or not have gotten outscored twenty two to five over the last you know seven yeah. minutes or whatever. Yakimovsky hit a three to make to get them to fifty eight fifty eight, I think, with like six minutes left, and they scored two points after that. Yeah. So and then and Stamp- De Silva just went. And De Silva bonkers. took over. I think he scored thirteen points in a row at some point. Like he 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 was the all league player that he yeah has i mean he's going to be the pac-12 player of the year more than likely yeah he's um, he's playing on and i will say wsu made him work harder for his points than yeah. most teams have yep up uh, until the end up until the end uh his all rating was only 114 he's been running like 124 130 like he's he's just been i mean he was 9 of 18 from the floor uh he's been shooting much higher than that um he shot a lot more that he was shooting threes cause he early in the game. Cause that that's, you know, that's what he could only get. So I, he had a huge game, but he's going to have a huge game against everybody. And that was what we were worried yeah. about coming in. Yeah. Kind of the, the rest Zaire Williams, it would give him a tough time. He's a, you know, he's a future potential lottery pick. Uh, he's going to be, yeah, it, he's, he's, gonna be. he's, he's got that NBA, you know, length, uh, looks, you know, reminds me a lot of, uh, uh, the, the federal way kid from last year. Yep. Uh, yep. Jalen McDaniels. J- yeah. Jaden McDaniels. So yeah, he, he reminds me a lot of him. Um, but I think, uh, so he, I, I said in my preview, he shoots at, you know, a pretty high, you know, he has a pretty high usage rate. If he gets hot, he'll be in trouble. And he got hot in the first half and he yep. just, he was tough to guard. Um, but, yeah, it's it was it sucked to end like that to end up losing by fifteen because it they they just work so hard. It absolutely, and that's part of it. They, they did not get so... out. They did not get outplayed by fifteen points in that game. No, and so it's always a bummer when that's where the well, and plus yeah, when, when you're when you're out, up. you're down, and we're, we're not even talking about. They're still down. DJ Rodman, he would have gotten minutes in that game. Yep, and and. Uh, so you're you're talking about the guys that are getting minutes instead, Rosario and Warren when Rab yep. and Rodman are out. Uh, that's you know, and Bomba getting probably you know fifteen, ten to fifteen more minutes than he would have gotten. Uh, so that's you. Rosario and Bomba could be great players eventually. Uh, they're they're freshmen right now who are who are not kind of there yet, and so. Yep. Um, and obviously uh, they must have thought again, Koontz, who had a pretty solid game against Cal. Uh, 
was again kind of relegated to the bench in this one. Yeah. Um, he, he's 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 becoming a player that is very much a spot. Like if he gets in and he hits a shot or something, I think they leave him in. But if yeah. he if he's not hitting a shot, he he gives up. I, I think he's maybe has a very short leash on defense. Um, you know, I, Kyle Smith said after Arizona, he was just giving up too many points on defense. So uh, if he's he's got a short leash, but he's definitely still like a, he can be a factor like he was against Cal. Uh, but um, that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I I hope we're getting some guys back this weekend, man. Uh, obviously, uh, they they said Rodman was I, I think probably healed up enough to play it seems, but he was still in COVID protocol. And rap as well, and then uh, Brandon Chatfield as well. Yep. Um, but I, I, I don't think Chatfield will be playing much uh, anyway. But um, yeah, I yeah. Know, I mean, at this point, you figure you've got your three bigs. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, gonna, he probably would have played against play Arizona. But, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I really, really, I think having rap back will be huge. Um, yeah, I, Warren. Is, there's, there's just like he's. He was Warren was good against the the um, the non conference schedule, but he's uh, he's having a harder time against against the Pac twelve guards. And uh, Rapt just is bigger, uh, a little more athletic. I, I think maybe not more athletic, but he's bigger and uh, can shoot it a little better, um, stretch it out a little farther. Um, probably equal ball handling, probably better yeah. defense. Uh, so. Um, there, you know, we talked about rap being that plus minus star and we're kind of yeah. seeing why, uh, yep. um, and I really, uh, not saying we don't want, I, um, there's a decent chance they actually would have beaten Arizona if they had rap, um, even just having rap, uh, and, and not even having Vova for that one. Um, and I, I think Stanford game looks better. They probably beat Cal a little easier even, um, and plus, like Bonton's gonna wear down, man. Like he needs, he needs a few less minutes on the floor. I think. Yes. Like, he's playing ninety plus percent, ninety five percent of yeah. minutes or so. I, you know, I don't know. Like I, I kind of go back and forth on that sort of thing. Um, you know, because it's not the NBA; they're not playing, you know, three four games a week. That's they're, true. They're playing two. You know, um, and we've seen guys do it. And and I don't know, man. I look at him, and I just think. I don't know. Like sometimes you can just sort of look at a guy, I think, and get a sense of, of just, you know, how much they got in him. Um, he does not seem like a guy who really wears down. Um, yeah, and, and maybe that'll change as the season goes on. I mean, he did I mean, get hurt know. last year. So maybe that he did might get be hurt. how he wears down. He just gets a little yeah. more. And maybe that's possible. Um, but his energy over the course, like, like, I don't know, like typically I look at, you know, a guy, does his energy dip over a game? And then, okay, so as the season goes on, his energy is going to dip as the season goes on. I mean, I, I just – I don't even see that in a game. Like when he's playing, like I, I don't see a dip in his energy or his He often has or, his best ball in the second half too. So. Yeah, like so I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I, I am curious to see if it's, uh, you know, what kind of uh, – how, how sustainable that is. Um, just not going to be a lot of opportunities for him to, to catch a breath. You did see Kyle Smith try and – uh, get creative with that a little bit, you know, pull him out a minute before a, you know, a media timeout to try and get him a little extra, a little extra rest. Um, you know, I mean, coaches will do those little tricks to try and steal some minutes. It's, you know, it's, it's a tough deal and, and it's probably, 
I mean, he's probably not going to change this weekend. I mean, he's going to play, you know, they're going to play UCLA and Tiger Campbell, the the point guard for UCLA is going to, you know, it's going to run him ragged. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier for sure. I was surprised against Stanford that, um, you know, you mentioned Vova a little bit earlier. I, I was surprised that he didn't play um, a little bit more down the stretch. And I know he's not necessarily a good matchup for like De Silva's athleticism. Right. But I, you know, the way De Silva was sort of carving him up there at the end, I was a little surprised that maybe they didn't try, at least try to go, uh, you know, go Vova, go zone, uh, try to clog it up, try, try to just do something different, you know, and make De Silva, um, try to have to, to go up through a very large, very tall, uh, man, you know, to get to the rim. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, Hindsight's twenty twenty. I do think Vova's going to get more run against UCLA. I don't know about USC, but UCLA. Cody Riley's a load, uh, a load and a half. So, yeah. um, you know, we may we may see. I, I suspect we'll see. And Jalen Hill is also not a small man. Um, I, I suspect that we will see uh, a bit more of Vova uh, on on the the game against UCLA than we than we did against Stanford. So let's yeah let's let's look at look, look ahead. Uh, tough weekend. Um, very tough. Maybe the toughest weekend on the schedule. Yeah, I would say probably yeah. the toughest yeah, weekend on the schedule. I, I don't think there's anything um, like that. Yeah, go, I mean, you go to Poly that you just haven't won very much there. But that, you know, not that notwithstanding, uh, UCLA, I think, is the one, if they're going to get one, is the one that would be more likely to get. Uh, that's That's kind of your best shot at a win. Uh, they are without uh, Chris Smith. Um, who's one of their best players, um, another kind of future NBA guy, you know, potential NBA guy, um, you know, their senior leader, and he tore his ACL, so he's out for the season. Super bummer for him. Um, yeah. But would have been a Bummer very, for us, too. Would have liked to yeah, have watched him. Yeah, he is, he is a fun player to watch. Uh, but would have been a very tough player uh, for the Kooks to match up with because he really kind of plays uh, – uh, as a four plays very much stretch and um, it would have been interesting to see who they would have put on him probably FA but uh, it would have been a different sort of cover for FA um, he's obviously played some stretch fours but Chris Smith is a very different animal um, but he's not going to be playing uh, you mentioned Cody Riley uh, yeah he's there they have two bigs that they rotate at the five Riley who really who's only played 51% of minutes despite starting every single game um, so he's only going to play, you know, 25 minutes. I think he'll play a little more because Chris Smith is not in. But um, and then they 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 rotate in Jalen Hill at six ten two forty five. Outside of that, every player is six six and under on this team um, that you would expect to play. They have some other players. They have another big, but he has not played very much. He could play, uh, um, but uh, it's it's hard to just get into the weeds on every single player. Yeah, um, but. I think uh, key guys to look at, a guy that uh, hurt us quite a bit last year was Tiger Campbell. Just a very quick guard. Um, very tough guy. One of the best uh, you know, penetrating guards in the conference. Um, very much loves to get in the lane and create. Um, you know, I think because of his size is why he doesn't get to the free throw line as much. He's not looking to score as much, but he is looking to distribute. Uh, they do have some three-point shooters. Um, Jaime Yaquez and uh, 
Um, actually, I don't know if they pronounce, he pronounced it Jaime, right? I think Hawkes, yeah, Hawkes, and he, if if I remember right, did he light us up last year? Um, I think he had yeah. some one of the games. You know, the three point battle with uh, with um, with Jeff Pollard last year and Paul. <laughs> yeah um but uh but yeah jules bernard is another guy that that can knock down shots but he he uh, both of them very tough guards and they're they're kind of they're like third and fourth options and they're very good and, and like, yeah. so you, you well they're a lot like you know uh you know kyle smith's six tool players like mm-hmm. that's that's what they've got and so what they've got is they've got tiger campbell at the point and then they've got a couple of bigs. And then the other three guys are all like similar sized, similar skilled, interchangeable, in and out guys. Um, they can all run. They can all finish. Uh, you know, they they just they come at you with a whole ton of guys. It's one of the reasons why Tiger Campbell is so good, because they, they just got so many guys who can finish, to. who yeah. can shoot a little. Um, you know, they just, they got dudes all over the place. Um, you know, the last game I watched with them, it showed, uh, all their point averages. I know we don't look at the point averages that much, but they got like five guys averaging double figures. It's like between 10 and 11 points. And they're not a high, uh, possession team. They're, they're, but they are a high efficiency team. They're high efficiency. team. They're 340th (laughs) in Justin Tempo. Uh, so that tells you one Yep. that they're they're They make shots too they're very starter heavy and, and who's like taking the shots. And so they're, they're middle of the road in bench minutes. Uh, they play, they use far less, far fewer bench minutes than like WSU uses, um, you know, another guy, you know, Kaiman was big last year, but he's very off and on. Um, he could very well come in and hit five threes. You know, he's one of those guys and uh, the Johnny, Juzang guy, uh, he's another guy that you can lump in with Jacquez and Bernard as the that those kind of that yep. that legion of wings that they play yep. <laughs> like just yep. everyone's a wing. So this is why like I don't know if Noah can play this weekend. I'm gonna kind of assume he's not, but this would be a squad that you really yeah. wish you could have Noah because he could check yep. one of those guys at least, um, and at least give you some help there. But you know because. It'll be interesting, you know, uh, if they, I could see them maybe zoning because of Campbell's penetrating ability and and just because uh, it's going to be a tough guard for, like, Yakimovsky to check one of these guys, Effa yeah. to check one of the, F-A to check one of these guys. I'm going to figure out how to say his first name eventually. <laughs> um, but so it's – it, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they use. Um, but I definitely think with Smith out – that that takes them down a peg. Um, that's yeah. an important player for them. And this isn't a team like this is a team that WSU can actually, their bigs can have a comeback game and do a lot and score inside They're 199th and two point percentage allowed um, in conference play. They're giving up 52% on two pointers. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're, they, that's not the strength of their defense. Um, they they don't. It's interesting that they, they must just let you score and not foul. Like <laughs> that's they're, they're yeah. just like they're um, number but, one in free throw rate defense in conference play. But they do allow a lot of three pointers. So yep, 
Um, that was against Stanford. Really, the only way WSU was going to keep up offensively was hitting threes. So hopefully they have that in them again because there's yep. there's probably going to be opportunities. So hopefully Yaki brings his shooting shoes and, uh, uh, you know, Bonton is still hot. And, and again, like, you know, you wish that Noah was playing because uh, he's he's been yeah. able to hit them in spots. And, and um, but it, again, if they have wrap back, that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he could very well start if he's back, honestly. Yeah. Uh, um, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, Smith mentioned that Bamba I, – I, I didn't see the videos in his press conference, so I don't know if he said Bamba would probably start if Noah was out or Bamba could start if Noah was out, but I know Bamba's name came up, which doesn't shock me there. Oh, yeah. Um, the athleticism, the defense, you know, those things are all great. And then, you know, in theory against, uh, against UCLA, maybe a little better chance to – you know, to finish, finish on the inside, uh, uh, than, than he did before. I, I do agree with you that UCLA is probably the better chance. I, I always tend to favor, you know, with our team, um, you know, if I'm looking at matchups that I feel like they're more likely to be successful, I, I always feel like they have a better chance of success against an offense forward opponent. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yep, um, absolutely. I, I trust our defense more than I trust our offense. Right now, UCLA's offense is really, really, really good. Like they just, you know, put up uh 1.25 points per possession against Arizona. Right. And we just said 1.0 is average. So uh, to do that against Arizona is, is really damn impressive. Um, you know, they've only been under 1.0 points per possession in one game. And it was the first game against San Diego state. So they've, uh, they, they've pretty much scored against everyone they've played against. Some of those teams really good. They've scored against Ohio state, um, Colorado, Arizona held them right around 1.01, 1.02, which is okay. Good. Right. Like, the, okay. Like, you know, if we can hold them right around there, awesome. Except like, I don't know, man, are we going <laughs> to, are we going to score more than, than, than 1.0, man? That's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, Colorado and Arizona state, you know, UCLA won both those games. Yeah. Uh, even though they got held down below what they normally they do, got, they also held Colorado and Arizona state uh, well below what they normally do also. So got to take care of the I ball don't know. and got to hit your shots. Like, I, I yeah. mean, I know that's just like cliche, but I mean, they need to hit some threes because yeah. there's going to be, they, they I, I think you got to be a, a 40 plus percent three, maybe again. I mean, yep. 35% three, you know, like a, you know, like a nine of 25 area just to give you, to give you a shot in there. And then if you can finish, if you can find your way inside, you know, you can finish and, and maybe, maybe like you said, maybe Bomba, maybe this can be a breakout game for him. Well, he's already had a breakout game, but this would be his breakout pack 12 game maybe, or maybe uh, that's what we're hoping for, right? Like we're hoping FA can get back back on track inside and, and maybe Deshaun Jackson is the guy. Um, Cause you know, if they're only playing one big at once, they can't cover FA and Deshaun or FA and Volva. So they, they can find, you know, they're going to have a size advantage on offense and we know they're not afraid to use the post. Um, so maybe WSU can steal some points in the post with Vova and Deshaun Jackson and, and you know, FA can crash the glass. Um, Cause uh, UCLA is a is a solid re- defensive rebounding team, um, but you take Chris Smith out, and they're they're not they're actually not as good. Like it, it's basically Riley and Hill, but they rotate. They're generally not in the game at the same time. Um, so they're. I think this is a game. Hopefully, they can get some offensive rebounds. That's how you. That's how you win. You know, get get just 
exploit what UCLA does um, uh, defensively and then just hope against hope that you can slow them down offensively. Hopefully the, you know, the defense is legit and maybe just Oscar De Silva was just such a superior player that that that's really what went wrong against Stanford and no, and nothing else, you know, because really everything else was fine. Even Zaire yeah. Williams cooled down yep. after a while. So, yep. and, 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 and I do think, you know, guard wise, if, if, you know, Bamba and Bonton or, or Bamba and Rap. I think they can guard up top pretty well. Um, it's just that those mismatches at the three and the four are going to be interesting on defense. So hopefully they can hold them down and, and hope because, you know, like we said, they're going to need to win. If, if they're actually have postseason aspirations, they're going to need to win a weird game at some point. Like yep. it, they, they're going to have to get a game that they're not supposed to. Yep. And, and, and like we said this weekend, UCLA. So if we look over at USC, they're stacked like it, they're like, um, <laughs> yes, Evan Mobley. Good luck. Uh, like, I know everybody was like, any, any of you out there who watched them last year and were like, Oh good. We're rid of a Kong Wu. Oh, well that's great. Well now you got the, the freaking Mobley brothers like destroying people on the inside. Yeah. Offensively and defensively. Yeah. So they're running Evan Mobley is basically like a seven, seven foot wing almost basically um, like he's in when you look at him it's the same deal like all arms all legs like, and he's fluid and yeah. just kevin durant awesome. maybe it doesn't shoot as didn't yeah. shoot outside as much but kind of that fluidity at, at that yeah. size mobley's more of like a but more of a classic big but um they're just you know they're they're gonna be a tough guard like it but yeah I, again you know what's even going to be more hard is the other end of the floor. Like it's scoring is going to be hard against yep. USC. Like so. Yep. So USC where I said UCLA is offense forward. USC is defense forward. They block 16.6% of teams, two point attempts, number four in the country. It's That's nuts. really good. Like, so it's crazy. It, yeah. Like it, it's, it's tough, you know, cause we talk, you know, Evan Mobley's six, uh, seven foot or Evan Mobley. What, what are their name? Like the six ten. Evan guy. and Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah is six ten, two thirty five. Evan yep. is seven foot, two fifteen. Obviously slender, but just long as hell and athletic as hell. Like it's just. Yep. They're so good. He's ridiculous. Coming on, you know, your your second game of a road trip. It's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, you you look at if you if you want, you know, I. I remember last week one of our one of our readers uh, mentioned he just loves it gets so hyped it's like well okay what what are we looking at if we're trying to hype you up for this USC game man <laughs> yeah it's I mean this is a team so like when we look at U- UCLA we said look you know you can we got our two bigs maybe we got a little bit of an advantage there right playing two bigs and. Uh, against UCLA's kind of smallish front line outside of their center, right? They're going to have a smallish four. Um, USC, man, they – and this is this is maybe the one exception in the conference to, yeah, we can match up with anybody athletically in the front front court. Like this, this might be – this might be the exception. This is a game where – I mean, I want to be like, we might not see Vova at all, but I also think like uh, – <laughs> Just for fouls, you may need to. I mean, just just for fouls and minutes, because you can't go, you know, you can't play a big and Tony Miller like that's that that ain't gonna work. 
you know, so I, yeah, it's going to, I don't know, man, the, the USC might be the one team in the conference that, um, that, that might cause Cal Smith to lose a little sleep. Cause they are just, they, they are going to be, um, a, a matchup nightmare. Well, yeah, a matchup you, nightmare for us. You, you have Taj Eddie, uh, the point guard six, two, very regular size, but then you have Drew Peterson, six, eight, he'll, he'll do point and he'll run the shooting guard. And, um, you have Isaiah White, six, seven at the three, Isaiah Mobley, six, 10 at the four, Evan Mobley, six, you know, seven foot at the five, which he's, you know, is he really doing the five? I don't know. Like he, he's just kind of all over the place. He's definitely the five on defense though. Cause he's blocking just shots like, like crazy. Um, but then they, you know, they bring in Goodwin six, nine. He's not huge. Uh, but these guys are playing a ton of minutes. So it's, they're not coming out. Um, yeah. It, but they're still big. Even the backups are big. You know, they got six nine guys, six six guys. They're just a big big team. Again, tough not having Noah. It's going to be more of a challenge. I mean, I mean that goes without saying. Noah's you know, you know one one of the top you know two players on the team or something. You yep. know, depending on the day. Um, sometimes the best player on the team just depends on the day. Yep. But um, it's it's a. Uh, it's going to be a challenge and, you know, hopefully, you know, we're just totally wrong. And, uh, yeah, I would not be shocked if they blew us out, but, but you know, I mean, I I I guess you never know. I mean, I don't know. They just went to overtime with UC Riverside. Exactly. Uh, they beat Arizona state by nine. They beat Arizona by 14. Okay. They killed Utah. Okay. But lost Colorado by 10 at home and Colorado is really good, but you know, I don't know. I'm part, part of it is I, I don't, I'm, not that impressed with Andy Enfield as a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think mean, UCLA, City, the two baby. teams, UCLA is got, definitely the better coach team. I still so. got my Florida Gulf Coast yeah. uh, shirt. In the, in you'll the you'll closet, always have but, Dunk City. Yeah, I'll always have Dunk City. But I'm just saying Dunk City. Obviously, Andy Enfield is recruiting pretty well. Yes, um, that part, obviously. Coaching. But even you yeah, look at this so roster we'll and you're like, why are they only number 21? Like why yeah, are they kinda. a top ten team? Like this is yeah. an insane roster. Yeah. Uh, but so maybe yeah. Like I think like the good thing about with Smith, you feel like you have the better coach in most matchups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not with Matt Cronin. I you know. I, yeah, that might be a wash. Yeah, but but I you know I think like tactically, get you know analytically. I think you know he's got the advantage on 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 infield and and I feel confident saying that. But yeah. but but yeah, again, the talent man, like just yep. It, I if if we didn't just have the recruiting class with Deshaun and Fa, good God, I this would be a bloodbath. Yeah. But like, thankfully, yeah. we have. Bigs. Well, we saw what happened last year. Yes, uh, those Kongwu <laughs> Vova tried. Yeah. He tried real hard. Yeah, it was just it didn't work. Out. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> that was that was uh that was a that was overmatched he was yeah. overmatched but but hey you know uh like you said they can play down they can they you know they're not they not not necessarily have blown out teams that you would expect them to blow out but they have blown out some teams that are pretty good so um yep. like winning by 14 on on the road against arizona is pretty impressive so it is um no doubt yeah i don't know uh just uh make 33 pointers and then uh, yeah maybe it'll win um <laughs> yeah i don't know try not try not to get in foul trouble i mean evan mobley blocks in foul trouble. Yeah, that would help evan mobley blocks a million shots and also d- never fouls anybody so 
good luck with that, I guess. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Uh, he he is. I, I will say this: like, uh, this is a game. You know, if if fans are like, ah, I can only watch one game or whatever. Um, look, you want to watch Evan Mobley, like like you just you just do. Yeah. Like he's awesome. He's an incredible talent. Um, I do not this will know be his only year, and yeah, this will be his only year. I don't follow NBA draft mocks or anything like that, but I have a very hard time believing that he's uh, not considered a top five pick. Um, he's just, he's fantastic. And he's a, he's a unique talent, um, unique body shape. Um, just a really interesting, interesting kid to watch, um, watch play. So it's, it'll be fun. It should be fun watching him and, and, uh, and FA go up against each other a little bit and, you know, kind of, uh, maybe see what, see what each guy's got. And, you know, maybe FA will, will, uh, take the challenge personally and, try to show something against another guy who's got obviously NBA aspirations. So, but I also wouldn't be shocked if we lost by 20. Yeah. So, it's also, we'll see. you know, still giving up a couple inches and probably if, you yeah, know, even on the, on, on the wingspan. So Evan Mobley, uh, was, uh, SI had him as the second, uh, best prospect for yeah. next year's draft in December. That doesn't so. shock me. He's really, um, he's yeah. Ken Palm's got him as the number two, player in the conference for for the ken palm pac 12 player of the year which sort of measures all the efficiency stats or whatever and then plus you have to be uh, it it weighs in how good your team is right weighs in how good your team is so he's he's the only non-senior in the top five and he's number two right now behind De silva so yeah real good real real good he'll be fun to watch yeah well, but I will say he's not like a super high usage player. Like they're not going to be giving it to him over and over and over. No, again. they spread it out a bunch, kind of like UCLA does. Yeah, I mean, yep. you got you got them, you got those players. Yeah. Okay, might as well. Uh, work for Kentucky. Yeah, not right now. It's not working very well for. Kentucky. Not right now, <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but it has in the past. Over the years, it has. Oh, and uh, another point. So WSU is you know tall this year. Uh, I think they're they're in the top twenty in average height, thirteenth. USC's number one, so <laughs> their average height is three inches taller than than the average for the for Division one. Yeah, so which is uh, what seventy nine, so it's twelve. Uh, what yeah. am I? I'm so I'm I'm seventy seven and I'm six five. So their average height is almost six eight. Like their almost their average player is average six, player. So yeah. yeah. And that's that's only because they got like, and I think that's weighted by minutes. I'm pretty sure how that works. Um, so yeah, so their shortest guy is Taj Edi, right? You mentioned that, and then it's six six and above for the rest of them for anybody who plays any meaningful minutes. So yeah, going to be a special a special challenge. Yes, be fun. And but I will say, uh, like this this is probably yeah these these three games in a row are tough. Um, yep. but Utah after that at home is when we're really going to, you're going to hope to win. And, and yeah, uh, that's a winnable game. Yeah. And so, but yeah, Hey, still, I think UCLA is, it's not like a, you know, that it's Ken Palm is 15%, but, um, Ken Palm's algorithm doesn't know who's playing, doesn't know like what players right. are out. It, it just goes by overall, you know, adjusted efficiency. So. I, I think, like, in terms of matchups, UCLA isn't that bad. Um, there, there's opportunity there. Uh, yep, I agree. And and so, but also, 
Um, you want to watch that one? It's at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah. 2 p.m. How about that? Um, yeah, on FS1. So <laughs> Going to those... get some East Coast uh, exposure, I guess. Yeah, for those of you who maybe don't have Pac-12 Network, you can watch this once on FS1 at 2 p.m. So maybe uh, check out a work early. You know, maybe you're working set from... the DVR. Maybe, yeah, set the DVR. <laughs> maybe you're working from home. Pull it up on the... Pull it up on your external monitor. Uh, Make sure you you got two monitors. Yeah. Or three. Or three. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm excited to watch them play again. Uh, Yeah. And uh, if they get one, I mean, we're over the moon if they get one of them. Yeah. If they come three and three in conference. Either one of them, we feel great. Oh, yeah. Either one. Because they're. Either one. Yeah. Um, Both of these teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So if you win one of them. That means you come out of the weekend three and three. You're coming back home for Utah, Colorado. Uh, yeah, you're feeling great at that point for sure. Yeah, and you see, but it'll probably be zero and two. UCLA hasn't uh, blown out anyone but Cal, so uh, they're five and zero. But you know their other their other wins have been close. Um, so that that the opportunities there and and hey, that would be real fun. Wins in Poly Pavilion are. are you know, hard to come by. That's why, you know, every time like games like last year when you're so close and you end up losing, I I don't see, you know, Cody Riley just going nuts on them, you know, for a stretch. I, we got the guys to to check him this year. And, um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I, I love watching the Cougs win. Um, so yeah, both teams, both basketball teams down in LA facing some tough squads. It's funny that the women's team you'd be more likely to beat USC. Um, USC UCLA is real tough uh, on the women's side, um, but yeah, uh, check them out. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Jeff? No, no, I think that about covers it, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, I, you know, I've been begging for emails. I've gotten a couple emails. We got oh, some. Uh, one thing I wanted to answer, um, I answered an email, but uh, Max asked about what COVID protocol means. Um, so I answered a bit in the email. So COVID protocol, uh, obviously this has come up with the, the men's basketball team. Um, so COVID protocol can mean uh, two things with the players. Either they could have been exposed or, you know, uh, potentially exposed to someone who uh who uh, tested positive for covid or they themselves could have covid um wcu is not going to tell you uh if the player has covid or not uh but they will tell you they, they will say when you know players are out for covid protocol or whatever like we had you know arizona had vova and dj rodman brant and and uh um Ryan Rapp, and then we still had Ryan Rapp and and uh, DJ Rodman and Brandt out for uh, 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 this uh, this weekend. Um, so we, I, I, I don't know if they'll be back. Uh, uh, I, I will say if 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 you're trying to figure out if someone actually gets has COVID or 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 is just exposed, you just look at how long they're out. That probably tells you a lot about that. Um, so and, and and as far as uh, Max also asked about the rules, uh, the Pac-12 has a set of rules, uh, but teams are beholden to different local rules. 
Um, so that's why, you know, you see like Stanford is playing um, in Santa Cruz uh, because, you know, their county is, I think, San Joaquin or whatever. That they're, or, or maybe, you know, just their, their city is is not allowing uh, them to play there. So they have different set of COVID rules. Obviously, they're, uh, you know, we've seen uh, like the San Francisco 49ers play. Um, they played their home games to end the year in Arizona. Uh, so obviously it, the the local rules apply differently as well. Uh, so it's not super consistent as to what teams have to go by, but there are some uh, Pac-12 uh, testing guidelines that they have to yep. abide by. Yep. Which is why, you know, against the Cal football team, uh, they do testing right before the game. So, um, and then you have to then follow the exposure protocols. So if uh, it, it just took one player on Cal, um, and then enough players were exposed within his position group, so they could not play. Uh, there aren't like those position group limitations for basketball, obviously, but um, there's just so few players. Uh, you know, one guy can be potentially exposed to three other players, and suddenly you're down four. So, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 kind of how I hope that helps Max uh, and whoever else maybe thinking about what the heck COVID protocol is. Um, yep. Yeah. If you have yeah, it'd be I... nice if they'd tell us, but you know, yeah. whatever. Right? I mean, we're, we're kind of used to this at this point, and I don't know if they tell us those sorts of things, then people start tracking things like how many positive COVID tests there are in college basketball, and then people start putting together databases, and then the NCAA looks bad. So, yeah, they don't tell us those things. So they just <laughs> say, you know, uh, they're out for precaution, and uh... yeah. But, you know, as you said earlier, you can sort of make some inferences. And, you know, Vova was out uh, with the COVID protocol and then he wasn't right. But yeah. then Rapp and Rodman and uh, and Chatfield were were also they were still out. So I, I think at that point, maybe uh, maybe safe to assume that, you know, there may have been some positive tests in there with those guys. So I'm just hoping everybody's healthy. And, and if they are and they're ready to come back, then then certainly they uh especially rap uh, uh, can be used for sure. If, if no, it's going to be out. So, but yeah. Um, thanks Max for that question. Uh, yeah. Thanks Lisa for your email as well. Um, if you uh-huh. want to, if you want to email us questions, uh, podcast VS everyone at gmail.com. Um, so, well, I, I've, you know, now I've gotten a few the last few weeks, so you know, I've, I've been better about checking them. So, I'll, I'll look at them. I'll probably I'll probably shoot you an email back, and then we'll we'll probably um, answer it on 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 air as well. Yep. Um, if you call this on air, um, yeah. So uh, if if you <laughs> want to follow Jeff on Twitter, it's at Pod vs Everyone. Um, I am at the Craig Powers. Um, oh yeah, you should subscribe if you're not subscribed. Um, you should rate us five stars if you haven't done that. And leave us a nice comment. Yeah, we'd love yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. All Anything right. else? I just got to say go kooks. All right. Go kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.